Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. A podcast looking back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. I'm Heather. And I'm Jonathan. And we are your co-hosts. This podcast is part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Jonathan and Heather once again. So, uh, just really quick, um, we're announcing a cohort that we're going to do on the Apocrypha. We just came off this series where we were talking about the intertestamental period, you know, these these books that show up in some Bibles, but not in others. You know, what do we do with them? What do we do with this, this period of time between the Old Testament and the New Testament? And so we've put together some resources. Um, we're putting together a learning cohort. Um, that will be October 10th, 17th, and the 24th. Uh, and that'll be available um, on the uh, firstcenturyyouthministry.com website. So you guys can make sure to go and check it out and get signed up and join us for that. I think it'll be a lot of fun talking about things that don't typically get discussed in your normal Bible study. True story. Um, yeah. So, so with that then, um, Heather's also bringing us some, some new material today. Um, we're, you know, we're kind of going through just talking about some different topics that, you know, have come up to us recently or, you know, something that we've been learning about that we just really wanted to share or, you know, felt impressed to, to bring. So again, coming off of this whole series that we did, we're just, you know, kind of doing these, these onesie twosies here. Um, yep. and Heather has this really, uh, interesting, uh, topic about um, two of the, I would say, fairly well-known prophets who don't have books named after them. Right, which is wild to think about, actually, because the rest of them do, even the little ones. So I don't know why it's like Obadiah gets his own book. Right, I know, Obadiah, <laughs> Micah, those little bitty ones. Yep, but not Elijah yep. and Elisha. Uh, and so actually, I taught this to my Sunday school youth um a couple of weeks ago and they just loved it they eat up this stuff and so friend if you're listening in i have your sunday school lesson ready for you right here you can bring it it's you don't even have to do the study you just got to listen in and take notes okay so my husband and i and daughter were out for a walk earlier tonight and there's this guy that sometimes rides through our neighborhood on this i don't even know what it's called but it looks like a hoverboard with a wheel Okay, it, I know it's not a hoverboard, but it totally took me back to the Jetsons when I was a kid. You remember that show? Because I was thinking to myself, yep. I'm like, oh, this is like a thing of the future because he's on this board and there's this wheel, you know, underneath his feet, kind of in between his legs. And he's just going on it. You know, it's obviously it's must be electric or powered by something. And he's just zooming through. And I said to my husband, I was like, how does he operate that thing? And, you know, he's like, oh, he does it with his feet. And I was like, well, that's really odd, right? But it, it totally took me back to a previous experience that I had in my life. And this is common in rabbinical teaching, that the rabbis would constantly take people back to an earlier experience in Israel's history, to something that was written in the Psalms or in an, another part of the Hebrew scriptures to take them uh, into a deeper experience into the rabbi's teaching in that moment, in that day. And so Yeshua, Jesus does this all the live long day. And so I had an, a quick example here from my childhood. I just recently started uh, umpiring softball. I, I've been a basketball official for a number of years, but I, I started umpiring softball and I started umpiring it on the same fields that I as a child uh, um, or 
played on when I was a youth, when I was a child. And all these fond memories started coming back up. And, uh, and, and I was brought back into that experience to create a more rich, full experience for myself and where I was as an umpire a couple of weeks ago on that very same field. And so again, this is this is what Jesus does uh, when he teaches his disciples is he brings them into an experience uh, with because the, the reality is and you know let me know what you think about this too, Jonathan, is that the Jewish people, you know, for them to know guys to experience him. And so they create all these opportunities for the community to experience God through the for, through the appointed times, through different rituals and sacrifice. It's all uh, an opportunity to be brought back into the experience. And we do that too, even with different Christian traditions, right? Through communion, uh, through baptism, right? Through these different uh, experiences with, um, you know, we might do like an Easter play every year or something like that to be brought back into the experience of what our master experienced years and years and years ago when he walked the earth, right? And so the Jewish people uh, were big about being brought back into the experience because it was part of who they were. And so when, when Jesus is talking in the New Testament scriptures, he's constantly alluding to things, and even the other biblical authors, Paul does this, and others who are writers within the New Testament are alluding back to the Hebrew scriptures to bring them in uh, to that current experience to unpack a fuller, deeper meaning. Okay. I think I've talked about this before in previous podcast episodes, but I've never unpacked kind of some fun things about Elijah and Elisha because they're kind of your, really your first, one of your first real disciple and mentor type of relationships that are really strongly um, showing up in the Bible. And so um, there comes a moment in, I was teaching this to my Sunday school students the other day, uh, when I was teaching on Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 9, which is not a place you would think you would find some cool biblical illusion about Elijah and Elisha, but here you go. You all ready? Okay, so it says this in Acts chapter 1, 4 through 9. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Uh, then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in, Jer in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Oh, that would have been wild. Okay, so here's a th here's the thing. Here's a few intriguing things going on in these few short verses that I got to teach to my students the other day. So... It's really interesting because if we read earlier in the book of John, it says that when Jesus uh, resurrected in that evening, he met up with his, his boys, right? His disciples. And it says that he breathes on them the Holy Spirit. But then it says here in Acts that he says that you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so 
if Jesus already gave him the Holy Spirit, why is he now speaking of this different moment with the Spirit? And I love what I read in this commentary that I found to be super intriguing, uh, as it says that um, in the Jewish mind, when one thinks of baptism and, and how Jesus kind of ties in John into all of this and his baptism, they would have thought of mikvah, right? Um, the, the word that simply means a gathering of waters, but it was a ritual experience that one would practice if, for example, a woman was um, just getting off of her menstrual cycle or um, a priest was going to offer a sacrifice, they would perform mikvah. It was a change of status. So it was a change of unclean to clean or um, a change of status. A married person would do it right after they became married. So it was a change of unmarried to married. And so could it be that maybe what Jesus was communicating in the book of Acts to his disciples was, okay, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You received a baptism of a change of status with John, right, of not a believer in the Messiah, but now I'm putting my faith in the coming Messiah, right, to uh, now I am a change of status from disciple to now apostle, missionary, the one who's going to go out and spread the message of my master, could it, I don't know, right? So I thought that was really intriguing. Um, and then, of course, they bring up the whole thing about restoring the kingdom, which they did a lot because they always thought Jesus was going to overthrow Rome. And he's like, y'all settle down, hold your horses. <laughs> and then and then, and then, then this thing happens where Jesus goes up in a cloud into heaven. And again, we have to remember in the Jewish mind, if something happened in the Torah or in the Hebrew scriptures, boom, they're like, whoa wait a second, let's go back in our minds to that thing. And we read in 2 Kings 2, 11, it says, uh, this is Elijah and Elisha, as they were walking along and talking, behold, a chariot of fire and horse, excuse me, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. So the same kind of thing happens, similar, right? in this experience as in the experience with Yeshua, with Jesus. And so could it be that the disciples were looking on of this thing as they were wandering up into the sky and thinking, oh, wow, is this like an Elijah, Elisha experience? Is is Jesus going to give me a double portion of his spirit? Is He's now giving me his work to carry on and to do like, this is the change of status moment where I go from just his disciple to now, I'm going to be a teacher of my master and, and to bring his message and his mission into the world. Because Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And so we know that Elisha asked for a double portion of Elijah's spirit, and he receives that, right? He he does many, many more miracles than Elijah. And so as the disciples are looking into the air, Jesus, I think in a Jewish way, is communicating to them, hey, you're going to do even greater works. And I'm giving you now my Holy Spirit to make it happen. Now the time is for you to take on the mission. And just just like Elijah, or excuse me, Elisha did with Elijah. And so, um, you know, as we teach young people 
these things, it, it creates such a fun moment for us to connect all of scripture for them as we understand the roots of our faith, the Jewish people, the way that they thought and the ways the rabbis taught. Because I could just read the scripture and I, and I would scratch my head going, well, what's that mean? And well, why did Jesus say that? And that was really weird. Why'd that happen? Or I can go, well, here's how the Jewish mind thought. And, and then your youth will go, wow, the Bible is awesome. So friend, that's a fun one that you can take with you and, um, and teach your kids. Yeah, I think I think there's there's a lot of interesting parallels with Elijah and Elisha. Um, you For know, sure. one being that Elijah's the forerunner, right? Mm. Just like John was the forerunner. Um, John had to be out of the way the same way that Elijah did, right? Because John's baptizing with water, but he and he himself prophesied, "The one who comes after me," right? That's right. Um, he he brings that which is greater. And we see the same thing mm. with Elijah and Elisha. Elijah leaves so that Elisha's ministry could be realized. Right? There you go. He he essentially had to be yeah. removed um one way or another. Um and even the names, right? The fact that Elisha is almost the exact same meaning as Yeshua. Right? So Yeshua mm-hmm. is the Lord of salvation and Elisha is uh, God of salvation. Right? Mm. El God versus you know, the, the name of God. Um, but even the, sure. the naming is the same. Some of the miracles they perform ends up being the same, right? They, they raised the dead. They multiplied huh. the tiny rations into a whole bunch of food. You know, so yeah. to me, the gospel writers telling these stories the way that they did, and you think of the, the Jewish audience in the first century who knew these stories better than any other stories in the world, right? Because, sure. you know, the Torah, Tanakh, the prophets, right? The the, these books that we call first and second Kings, um, yeah. they knew those, those were their stories, right? We learned about George Washington yeah. and cherry trees. Well, they learned about Elijah and Elisha, right? For real. Um, so culturally they're seeing these things take place and you can't help but think, you know, Hey, he's walking on water. Remember that time Elisha called up this ax and made it float on water and Hey, he just mm. multiplied all this food. Remember that time that, you know, this, the, the man of God multiplied the, the, the widow's, you know, last sure. little bit of food and it lasted through, yeah. you know, this whole season of famine and raising right. the dead, right? Like who else raised the dead in, in the Old Testament, right? right. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's almost unheard of. And then, you know, Jesus comes onto the scene and here he is, he's raising Lazarus, right? He's, yeah. he's raising the, the, uh, the centurion's uh, daughter and sure. the, the synagogue leader and you know these all of these people that he's healing because same thing elisha right healing those with leprosy which was supposed to be a spiritual disease the jews believed leprosy mm-hmm. was a, a spiritual issue mm-hmm. right and here mm-hmm. elisha mm-hmm. is curing it of uh, uh naaman right yeah so all of these different miracles that track along with these biblical men um that goes again i think more towards you know to what you're saying is this sort of character portrayal of um, of Yeshua seen sort of mirrored in the lives of the prophets that came before. Hmm. It's, um, it's, it's a lot of these yeah. literary parallels that yes. some you have to think are entirely intentional, oh, for uh, sure. but even supernaturally intentional. Yes. Right. Like oh, some absolutely. of this, I, I couldn't have sat down and thought to just come up with this and make these references. Right. So to me, it's, it's number one is, because it was reality, and number two is because they were in, inspired by the Holy Spirit to say sure. these things to convey yeah. uh, the message that we needed to receive. Right. Well, it's kind of like what was it? So you know, the shooting of JFK, and then the shooting of Abraham Lincoln. 
Like mm-hmm. they, they create so many parallels with that. Historians have done that. You think to yourself, oh my gosh, it was like the same thing, but it wasn't, but it feels like the same thing. And so right. you know, could it be that the biblical writers were creating this parallel between Elijah and Elisha and Yeshua so strongly that people went, oh, they're like the same person, right? Like they're doing like the same things. They have God's same kind of hand upon them, right? And so, you know, I it, it's, it's really intriguing to me as I'm getting to understand, um, you know, how the biblical authors thought and kind of their intention of drawing the, the reader in to create, you know, these different connections to the Hebrew scriptures. And, um, you know, I'm sure that they picked the stories that they did because it created a certain parallel that helped drive home the reality that they were trying to communicate uh, to their audience about Yeshua or about his life and ministry. Uh, those are really neat. I Some of those ones that you brought up, I didn't even think uh, to, to connect them to Yeshua. So friends there, you've got even more fun things about Jesus that you can share with your teenagers that they'll go, what? That's so awesome. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, this is, this has been uh, another fun conversation, Jonathan. And, uh, yeah, friends definitely get signed up for that, uh, cohort. We would love to have you, uh, it's 20 bucks or name your own price. We don't care about making money. We just want to make friends and help you grow in the roots of your faith. Because this is like, you know, stuff that you would pay big bucks for at school where you can just hang out with us for an an hour a week and uh, learn on the go. So friends, uh, again, uh, thanks for joining us for this episode. Keep being the best disciple makers on the planet and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.